Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny and I'm here to look ahead to this Friday's Good Friday meeting between Oldham Athletic and the Cobblers. To help me do that, I'll be joined shortly by Dave Bradley from the Latics Football Phone-In. But first, Charles Cummins is here. How are you doing, Charles? Hello, you right? Yes, yeah, I'm good. good. Thank you, mate. Happy Easter holiday to you. Happy Easter. It's come around quick. Yes. Yes. Yeah, happy. It's... um, Is this your favourite of the holidays? Oh, um, no, I, I don't know. I think, I think Christmas trumps it just because there's, now, now there's, so much, right. there's so much football around it. Okay, yeah. so I've got a very serious question for you because Go a on. friend of mine, very seriously, says that he prefers Easter to Christmas. Hmm. For uh, and I'll, I'll find the reasons for it now for you, um, so that I don't misquote him. Um, is he listening because he he possibly is yes here's the reasons why he prefers easter to christmas spring weather blossom cream eggs and mini eggs hot cross buns on tap easter biscuits simnel cake zero pressure to see anyone zero pressure to buy any presents mini cream eggs long weekends warm sunshine daffodils tulips lint bunnies and lamb instead of turkey we didn't start the fire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he makes a strong case, to be fair. He does. He does think after that. That's, that's excellent. If anyone wants to make the case for Christmas next week, then do oh, come on. 
I, I thought you nearly said make the cakes for Christmas then, but yes. You do that as well. Either or. Either do or. that as well. Um, good Friday this week. Friday mm, afternoon trip to trip up north to the cold, coldum, cold boundary park. Will it be cold this time of year? Let's find out, shall we, Charles? Let's. Let's bring in our Oldham fan. Please welcome to the show, Dave Bradley from the Latics Football Phone-In. How are you doing, Dave? I'm very well, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's going to be freezing, uh, just to answer your question. Um, it'll be a summer's day in uh, in Oldham, but it'll probably be wind, the wind temperature of about minus three. So definitely uh, uh, wrap up because it is uh, it, it gets very cold. It, it was the highest ground, uh, but then the Hawthorns just picked it. Uh, in the in the English football league, so uh, the second highest ground, but it is absolutely freezing. So um, make sure you get your, uh, your your big coats on because I know what you southern softies are like. <laughs> <laughs> you say you say the Hawthorns pipped it. Did it suddenly rise a little bit more? Well, do, do, it, you, mean, it, do you mean it, when they it, dropped when, in? When the when the, um, when they re, re, redeveloped the stadium, it became the highest ground because these, oh right, okay. You know, in the, uh, the the old Hawthorns ground they played uh, they played elsewhere, didn't they? West Brom, I can't remember the name for the for the life of me, but they, when they had the redevelopment of the ground, that became the highest ground in the uh, English football league. So yeah, a bit of trivia there for you guys. But yeah, yeah. it's still still colder old and old. I would uh, definitely give you that. So are you guys travelling up? Uh, I'll be travelling across from Warrington. Across, yeah. So from I'm not Warrington. too far away. Yeah, I'm not too far away from you. So it's a nice, easy journey for me. Danny, on the other hand, is in uh, Bristol. So he would be travelling up. But I I believe that Easter is a very busy time for you and your family, isn't it? It is. Very busy time. Very busy Mm, time. All those eggs to eat. All those eggs to eat, yeah. (laughs) Egg, 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 egg. Um, So when I was going to about Boundary Park, I was going to say, even in August and May when I've been there, it's it just seems so cold all the time. But yeah. um, I can't see it being any different this week. It's um, true. Even that last game of the season a few years ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was still cold, and it was the middle of May. Well, beginning of May. Still, yeah, I've, I've gone many a time in a t-shirt and then regretted it about three <laughs> minutes walking in because you just sat in the shade. No matter where you sit, it's just get getting the sun in like the Rochdale Road end. Oh, sorry, the Jimmy Frizzle stand. Now it's cold, and there's like a congregation of people who work in t-shirts and this. Stand there at the very bottom, right, until they get they get the sun all day. But then they complain that the sun's in their eyes. So there's never any pleasing an Oldham fan. So um, yeah, uh, well, and obviously this season we've not been pleased, as you can probably appreciate, for, due to our precarious position. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's getting a bit nerve wracking now for the Latics fans. Mm. So going back to around this time last year, you appointed Keith Curl. After he left us, I think it was around about a month after he'd left us, wasn't it? Uh, came in when you were 16th in League Two, finished the season 18th, uh, What and then left after a couple of months of this season. What did you make of his tenure overall? There's someone that That sounds familiar, actually. I think <laughs> the signings that Keith Curl made have turned out to be decent signings on the limitations that we've got. But the tactics he adopted weren't League 2 tactics. 3-5-2, playing it out from the back and just 
no plan B, really. It was very much like Paul Dickoff. He'd score a goal and he'd, he'd try and defend a 1-0 lead, but the problem was that we weren't scoring any goals because he didn't sign the right the right, the right, right striker. Uh, he signed Hallam Hope and he's an attacking midfielder, but he tried to make him a striker, which is really bizarre. And, yeah, he just, he just had no plan B. He had no... Um, no attacking mindset, trying to defend, play out from the back, defend, 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 and then hit people on the break with players who weren't quick enough. And it, it, it was just really frustrating. And, you know, there is a reason why we, where we are in the league, because we just haven't been good enough at the start of the season. And then, lo and behold, you beat us 2-1. And he put um, Cal Pagiani up front in that game for the, the second half and adopted a 4-4-2. And, I think we scored in the second half, uh, at the end of the first half, and then we we sort of dominated you uh, for the, for that game. I think that for that half of the game, but then lo and behold, he got sacked. But it looked like he turned the corner and realised that three five two hadn't worked, and he went four four two with his team. So yeah. that's yeah. that's really interesting, Charles. I remember that game at Lincoln where he suddenly mm. went away from the three five two. Um, I think we lost the game in the end, but it seemed like we were playing a top of the league team, and it seemed like. We were actually turning a call. We were actually doing pretty well in that game. Um, was that the then... game where Danny Rose scored his last ever goal? <laughs> yes, yeah, okay. his overhead kick, yeah. Waldy. Yeah, um, right, the death. Yeah, but it's, it seemed to have that one game, and then we, he just turned, didn't he? He just went back. So oh, that didn't work because we lost. Yeah, um, it, 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 I say there's no plan B. It was just very, yeah. very much a. I don't know. You, you can tell he was a defender for goodness' sake. He was yes. uh, very much, you know. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't mind if we weren't conceding goals, but we just we were getting pumped every game, you know, due to the fact that he just had just no it was like a zonal marking he played as well, which was really oh, bizarre. Yes. Yeah. We know all about that. <laughs> oh, it's just like, you know, and there was this like strikers just walking into pockets of space and just in tappings, and it was just like if if Kevin Ellison is scoring against you, you're in big <laughs> trouble, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? And that was the first game of that of the season when Kevin Ellison came on. 41 years old and tapped oh, yeah. it in uh, for an 88th minute winner for Newport. And I just thought, this is, um, this is, we're in big trouble. We flew to win against Port Vale, uh, where he put Cal Pagiani up front again uh, for the last 10 minutes just to shake it up a bit. And they scored like this diving head of wonder on goal. Um, and he beat Rochdale, that saved his job as well. Beat Sutton, who were bottom of the league, with Junior Luamba. So we we were proper scraping the barrel barrel with uh, with Keith Curl. It, 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 it just didn't get League Two football, and um, and what's the most bizarre is that they gave him a two year deal and then had to pay him off. So he was quite shrewd, Mister Curl, in his um, hmm. managerial approach, you know, to get himself <laughs> a two year deal because Harry Kuehl never got a two year deal, and it's always been very much a till the end of the season job. Laurent Benidi. Harry Kuehl, Frankie Bone, they've all been like on these one-year deals. I think even Skull's got a one-year deal. Um, so Keith Kill sort of won the battle in the, uh, in the in the sacking. Really, it was uh, very bizarre. And then it moved. We we, we adopted it, and we've got two more managers, which we'll talk about if you want. But uh, yeah, I'm getting a bit depressed now. <laughs> oh, did you get that, just, did you get just, that in the summer, Carl? The two-year deal. Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. I mean, so I, got... the one thing I will say is that, as depressed as you were, I mean, imagine having to be up against League One teams playing zonal marking, and 
<laughs> so so in a way you had it easier yeah <laughs> in a way yeah yeah what did you make of him in terms of like post-match interviews and things like that uh, well it was the old um 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 that's what he used to do all the time like yeah. he was very thinking on his feet but he was he was very he was very came across i liked him you know because he was mm. quite positive he, he, he was always looking on the bright side of a defeat mm. um and he did talk sense. He could see where it was going wrong. And mm-hmm. I, he got he had COVID, but I liked you know Colin. West, is it Colin West? He was his, yeah. was he was he your assistant, the Geordie bloke mm-hmm. or yeah. from Sunderland? Yeah. And I liked him a lot more because he was like after the Bristol Rovers game, he was saying players should be knocking each other out in that dressing room after this yeah. game. It was an absolute <laughs> disgrace. And he was like, "This is what I want from manager." He was like, "We played absolutely shambolic." Da 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 da. He was he was really you know we were really poor. We should be knocking each other's heads off. We're just not good enough, you know. And he was really um, he had a bit of bite about him, uh, Colin West. I, I liked him a lot. And uh, when when he actually left the club, I, I even texted Colin West to say thanks very much. And he sent like a really long reply to me saying thanks very much, really appreciate. It. I thought we were a bit unlucky. Um, and he was a really like really approachable guy. Um, so yeah. I always felt that those two were a bit yin and yang. You know, Curl was the calm, yeah. measured, quite quite good in interviews, I thought, in terms yes. of, like you said, he came across as if he could see what was going wrong and what needed to be changed. But for some reason, just couldn't quite actually get that out onto the pitch itself, necessarily. Whereas Colin West was the more yappy, in your face type character that you'd be scared of. If it, 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 it reminded me of Mr. Barraclough and Mr. Mackay of Porridge, if you can remember <laughs> those two. It was like Keith Kerr was really nice after being beat 4 1, and like Colin West, you could see him like turning purple on the sideline, and you could imagine what he said to the players when he went back into the, uh, the dressing room. But yeah, very much uh, yin and yang, as you say. It was uh, a very a very good dynamic, I think. Um, but I think we would have been in a lot, lot deeper trouble if we hadn't uh, have changed it. Um, I, th- I think they did, did need to go because it, I think he just ran out of ideas. Um, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about Selim Bichor? Is that how you pronounce it? Selim um, Benachor. Benachor, um, sorry, yeah. So he came in after Kuhl. Was it just as caretaker boss? He was our youth team coach. Yeah. He was appointed under Kuhl. He was ex-Paris Saint-Germain, Tunisian international, played for Malaga. He played in like the same team as Ronaldinho, so oh. I was thinking, you, you never know, you never Amen. know. Uh, I think he kept Ronaldinho out of the team for a couple of games because of his form. <laughs> uh, I was reading, but they were like playing like Ajaccio and um, Reims at the time. Do you know what I mean? So it, it wasn't anything special. But he, yeah, he he, he, he spoke very well. Um, I watched a few of the youth team games because we went on a bit of a run, and it was very much we'll score more than you mentality. You know, one more than you. And they played like this five-all draw with um, Carlisle, the youth team. And our goalkeeper scored like a diving header <laughs> from a corner in the last minute. So it was like, you know what? At least he's scoring goals. Um, but no, it, it wasn't to be, really. We went to Salford on his first game. Um, we got battered by a very, very poor Salford team with about 600 Salford fans and two and a half, 2,000 Oldham fans. It was just like the worst dynamic of a crowd that you've ever seen and then he got a couple of draws we defended a nil-nil draw um, against uh, Barrow away which was even worse 
Um, we got beat by Tranmere in the last minute, but we played really well, to be fair. So we hit the post, we hit the bar. We had one um, disallowed because the um, linesman, or assistant referee, should I say, um, said that the ball moved with the wind before the uh, before the player kicked it. So we, we scored against Tranmere, but it, it was it was ruled out. And then Tranmere went on the score. Then we went to Hartlepool, drew 0-0. Um, we went to Sunderland in the the, the Pizza Cup, the um, Papa John's Trophy, and uh, won with Harry Vaughan, our young starlet. Uh, so I thought, he's turning a corner, he's turning a corner. And then we got absolutely pulverised by a very, very bang average um, Harrogate town side. And that was a sellout away end again. Um because our support away from home is absolutely, was absolutely fantastic, you know, throughout this period. We had a five-all draw against um, Forest Green, which yeah. was um, really bizarre. I didn't go to that game because that was a, sort of a, a, uh, the push the boundary and uh, Trust decided to boycott the game, so a lot of fans didn't go. And lo and behold, it was one of the highest-scoring games that Oldham had ever seen in the last uh, 10 years or something like that. Um, but again, there was positives, but then we went to the Harrogate Town, we got beat 3-0 and it was a really vicious, poisonous atmosphere where the fans were not trying to let the players leave the pitch, they were trying to get into the tunnel and it was it was quite, um, it, it was probably one of the most aggressive that I'd ever seen in Oldham, Oldham fans against their own team, it just enough was enough and... I got out of there because I thought this is this isn't this isn't good at all. Um, and driving home, we were seven points adrift at the bottom of the table. And um, I drove home and I thought that's it, the national league now. Um, and then bizarrely, at ten o'clock that night, uh, an old athletic um, with the notification came up, and it was like John Sheridan. Has been appointed up until the end of the season, and, I, and there's a, there's a there's a fake Twitter account which is official OAFC with one with one F in the official, where it, that, that tricked us all on deadline day a few years ago that we'd signed some player when we hadn't, and I was checking that like that tweet, and it, and it, it turned out to be the real actual uh, official <laughs> athletic news, and then literally my phone started buzzing, my people were ringing me. A friend of mine, Danny, who's a massive Oldham fan, rang me going, have you heard the news? Have you heard the news? And basically Harrogate, all the Oldham fans who'd stayed up there were just singing, here's to you, Johnny Sheridan, Oldham loves you more than you will know through Harrogate Town <laughs> till about four o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> and I was speaking to Matt going, is this real? Is this a dream? And that's how the Latics Football Forties started, really. We just said, let's just do it and bring some positivity back to the club because we by Jove, we've we've needed it, and yeah, Shez has come in. He was unbeaten in eight, and then we went on a six six um, six match losing streak, and we sort of just found a little bit of form, but uh, winning two, and then um, getting beat by Port Vale at weekend. So yeah, that's 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 where we're at, and. That bottom of the table, I look at it, it was about 25 times a day thinking Phil Brown's got to get Barrow down. Phil Brown, he's, <laughs> he's the one. He's, he's, you know, he's my only hope. He's 
reputation <laughs> is my only hope, really. <laughs> Sounds so, awful, but you know, when you hear stories I about think it, it's, uh, yeah. it's the best um, Star Wars reference we've had on the pod so far. <clears throat> Phil Brown, you're my only hope. I love it. Um, just just before we go a little bit more into the Shazerection, um, I want to talk to you about what's going on. You've you've mentioned it there about how toxic the atmosphere became. Um, obviously, most of that is all aimed at the ownership. Yes. And from the fact that I, I went into some detail researching, I think last year, where I looked into. Um, you know, what was going on. Because I, I wanted to try and understand what was actually happening. And from and correct me if I'm wrong here, any point, please, mate. Um, yeah. So your owner, Mr. Lensagam, is that how you say yeah, it? Lensigam. Yeah, Lensigam. Yeah. Um, he'd basically stopped talking to, well, anyone, more or less. The trust, I believe, the supporters' trust at Oldham had asked for some um, correspondence, whether it be monthly or uh, just regular sort of conversations um, that he'd promised and then they just didn't happen. Yeah, Um, the trust owned 3% of the club when we went into administration. So they are a shareholder in the club um, and they have the right to look at the accounts, um, have a monthly meeting with the owners about what's going on and they've just been restricted access Ever since, um, ever since you know the start of the year, like, well, before the season started, really, it was a there was a meeting at the start of the season with our then chief executive Carl Evans, who said we were under transfer embargo, um, but then the trust looked on the AFL website and we were in embargo. Mm-hmm. Um, we signed players on two-year contracts when we weren't allowed to. That being Jason Luke Byler. Uh, Harrison McGay, and we had to sort their contracts out. Hallam Holt was another where we had to uh, sort his contracts out because we weren't we'd actually sign them on contracts that we weren't allowed to sign them on <laughs> because you know you can only sign players on a one year deal mm-hmm. uh, up to I think it's eight hundred pounds a week under the embargo rules. Um, right. And yeah, it, the, 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 and the trust was constantly asking, constantly asking, and then the. They had, uh, they've had new members to the board, some of the old guard who had left. Uh, we've got new trust members now. That, uh, I, I, don't, I think Jim Booth, um, Matt Dean, Bradley Knowles. And then we're adding and adding and adding. That's just to name a few. That's not all of them. Mm. Um, and they're working really hard behind the scenes. And all they want is some communication. Um, and the trust have never said... Boy, but like boycott the games or throw because we're throwing tennis balls on the pitch against like Barrow mm. and running on the pitch and pitch invasions, which was very disappointing to see as a as a as a fan for myself because I understand the frustrations of the trust, but I also have a res- a respect in some capacity with the ownership because they are still paying the bills, they are still the owners of the football club, and they still have a right to do what they want with the football club, albeit it may be seen as incompetent and it was a wrong decision, but they have the right to do that. And as a fan, I've followed Oldham since, you know, 1991, really, when I went with my father. Um, I, I, I can't I can never turn my back on the club. And it's it's, it's just very divided. Um, some fans will never stop going. Some fans are boycotted, which is their right. And 
it's it's just really difficult. But John Sheridan has been this linchpin of bring making the crowds go from nearly two and a half thousand, and that was a very very uh, a very very questionable two and a half thousand because our chief executive, new chief executive, came out and said. That two and a half thousand includes season ticket holders who bought the tickets who may not be going. So we included that in our amount. And some games, there was like 1,200 people there. And you could hear the players talking on the pitch. It was like watching um, a Northwest Counties game. <laughs> you know, it was it was really bad. You could hear like Keith Curl shouting instructions. And I was like sat in the, the, at the, Roche, at the Jimmy Frizzle end, right at the back. You could hear Keith Curl shouting. And it's like there was no atmosphere. Mm. And then... Lo and behold, John Sheridan came in and we had like nearly 9,000 for the Rochdale game and they've been 5,000, 6,000, you know, with the, with away fans, obviously. But it's been, it's just been sensational what that man has done to the club. He, he has such a underlying passion for the club and the fans just love him. They, they, they worship the ground he walks on and if he gets us out of this relegation... I'll be pushing for John Sheridan's statue outside the ground on GoFundMe because he, he's he he is God. He he, he is God. What you know, with the resurrection, it's Easter, so hopefully he can um, win on Good Friday and uh, and we can get something on Monday uh, and rise again against Forest Green. But <laughs> that would be a miracle, uh, I think. Yeah, with the so okay, this might be really oversimplifying it. And and so forgive me here, but I, I completely understood what you said about the, your supporters trust have a stake in the club, mm. um, a percentage in it, and they've got a right to see things like finances, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But on the whole, is is it the fan base? The thing that they're actually annoyed with, that you're all annoyed with, is is essentially your league position and just how bad it's been over the last sort of maybe five years or so? It It's, firstly, it was like, why does Abdallah Lemsegram want to buy Oldham? What's his agenda? And he said, I want to get you in the championship in five years. I'm going to invest. He said he invested over £100 million so far. And we're like, well, what, what's going on? We, we got relegated from League Two. Uh, we're signing players like, you know, Quincy Menning from, um, it wasn't Ajax, but it was like, uh, like Eindhoven, I think he was on 12 grand a week. And then he came out and allegedly said, I never saw £12,000 a week. I was getting £1,000 a week. It was just like, all these, these like, everyone was getting really frustrated. He installed his brother, Maud Instagram, who's mm-hmm. got no football qualifications, no coaching qualifications or, or any football history other than being an agent a sporting director and he was making the signings so it was just it was just like a comedy of errors really uh, from from a fan's point of view like you got this guy turning up with these two new French players every week for when Sheridan was in his previous spell and Sheridan was going well I don't want to play him because I don't know who they are they're not very good and then it all came to a crunch when Sheridan was there and his first spell under Abdallah that it was against Blackpool and Moore ended up picking the team. Um, and Sheridan just said, well, said to the players, do what you want because he, I, I'm not picking the team. And we ended up getting beat. I think it was like 4-3. And then that was the end of Sheridan, really. 
Um, it, it, honestly, some of the stuff you, you couldn't you couldn't write. It was they banned they banned fans who had an opinion on the club, saying that he's being run badly. And uh, three fans, uh, Don Vice, Nathan Price, and Bradley Knowles got banned until Talksport got involved and rang up mm. Abdallah and said, "Can they come back in?" And he's like, "No." He goes, "Oh, come on." Jim White was saying, "Come on, Abdallah, come on." And he goes, "Okay, they can come back in." And it's just like. It, it, as, as long as they apologise, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, it was something like yeah, you know, it like, it's, it's like like kids at school who've like yeah. next weeks. So it was like, oh come on, guys! It was just it, it to, to to look at it from afar, and then you, you had all the schools debacle, which I'm you know I could be here for we could be here till twelve o'clock going on about that. Uh, yeah, it, it was just it, it's so infuriating. But so laughable at the same time. It it's just like I really wish this was Tranmere Rovers or someone like that rather than Oldham Athletic. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't know. I'm, I'm no. I, I wouldn't wish it on any club. Really. I'm. I'm. I'm sorry. I should. Re- I'm retracting that. Sorry, Tranmere <laughs> fans. Uh, but it, it it's just honestly, as a fan, you're just thinking, what next? So now it's just radio silence, and it's Sher- they brought, put Sheridan in there. If he keeps us up. They're going to take it as it was their decision. It was their success. But there was pressure from outside where Sheridan was saying to um, the press, like the like the BBC Radio Manchester, saying, I'll come and do it for free. Which, when interviewed, he said, oh, I'm not doing it for free. I'm getting paid. But he, he said, oh, I want to get you out of this situation. So I think Sheridan was quite savvy in how he manoeuvred it because he, he obviously saw the team and saw that he could probably do something with them. And he proved that he could. And then we went on a six-match losing streak, which is due to suspensions and injuries because we've got a 23-man squad under embargo. And we didn't have a fully fit fully fit back four. So it, it was just... It, it's, it's been... I can't wait for the season to end, if I'm honest with you, because it has been so exhausting from a from a, men, from a mental point of view. And, you know, from a, these, these last... Two or three games have been my nerves have been shot. You know, I'm having to take like five packs of airways with me to chew through in the game. I'm like, I'm like Fergie on Fergie time. It's um, I shouldn't be mentioning Fergie as an Oldham fan, but it was. It was. Uh, it, it's just, it's so exhausting to watch, and that's why we do the forum so we can just have a bit of duality to talk about the positives about the game. And you know what, Sheridan's brought a bit of a a real good buzz, even even in those six match six match losing streak. We only played badly, I'd say, twice, and that was against Sutton um, and Carlisle. But Swindon last minute last minute winner, Mansfield last minute winner, Carlisle was a last minute winner, um, and it was it was just beating um, Leighton Orient two 0 the other day was. Was fantastic, you know. It was it was really really good to see. And then we um, then we I can't remember who we beat. Uh, in the, oh, we beat Stevenage um, away from home, which was you know a six pointer. So it shows that we've got the edge to, to get out of it. But you know, it, it's just been it's just been really hard. And looking at your league position in fifth, you you look fantastic. I mean, it's it's really uh, 
be careful what you wish for, you know, whinging about being in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, you've got, it seems like you've got, you've got a stable ownership now, um, you guys, haven't you? Uh, fairly, yeah, I'd say so. That is, yeah. it's, a, it's an issue that, 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 that's a that whole new pod. Um, <laughs> going yeah. going back right. to John Sheridan, um, he's basically said, don't talk about the owners to him, hasn't he? He's basically just said, yeah. it's all about me. I'm coming in just to concentrate on the football. I don't even want to talk about the ownership. He won't um, even entertain that, it. He won't. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I said, I asked him in an interview, I said, did you uh, pick, uh, I can't remember which player it was uh, for the life of it, and he just glared at me. And he went, yeah, I did pick him because it was a tactical decision. And I went, oh, yeah, fair, fair enough. <laughs> like, but he's only about like five foot nine. But goodness me, he's like a stern Mancunian with these yeah. piercing blue eyes. And he 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 is very, very intimidating. Like, you know, he, he just got, I just got this look and the room went deathly silent. And it was like, <laughs> yeah. wow. Yeah. Uh, but he won't talk about the ownership. It's his team. Um I believe there's a little bit of interference going on now with the sporting director coming back and allegedly uh, these are unconfirmed rumours that he keeps on demanding meetings with John Sheridan and Sheridan's just going no drives out the training ground so it's just like <laughs> so it's like is he going to stay? Me and Matt have had this debate a number of times. Um, if he keeps us up, I'd love him to stay. If he sends us, if we go down with him, I'd want him to stay and for him to get us back up. Or will he go out on a high and you know keeping us up? But uh, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a, I think it's all going to be down to what happens with the owners and what happens with the litigation on the north stand um, with our previous owner who actually owns the ground and the north stand, which is another uh, can of worms, which is okay. crazy. That, that's your newer stand, isn't it? So down yes. one side of the pitch, isn't it? Yeah. The, so the one so basically, our current chairman, owner, sorry, Abdallah Lemsegram, bought a club, but didn't buy any of its assets. He bought the crest, the badge, the trading ground and the players, whereas Simon Blitz owns the north stand and all the ground and all the surrounding land um, and he's put that up for sale. So if any potential buyer was to come in, they'd have two parties to deal with in respect yeah. of buying the club, which is just... That's insane, isn't it? it, it you couldn't... It, it's something out of the day-to-day, isn't it? It's just something that bizarre and that far right, far, you know, far reaching. You just couldn't... Couldn't... You just... You, it, it, it depresses me to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine. It's, if, if, it feels like when you look at it from the outside, you think, you would you're likely to go down because you looked at it how far you were behind. You look at all the back the off pitch stuff going on. I looked at it back in sort of December, January time, thinking there's no way, like when you've got so much going on off the pitch as well. But you've got yourself in such a position now where you've given yourself a fighting chance. What what do you see happening in the summer if you do stay up? Is it something that's just gonna rumble on, do you think? Well there's there's at the moment there's a court case between um our current owner and our previous owner about the North Stand, um, of which the details haven't been given out as of yet, but I think it's to do with the litigation. And he's trying to get a payout of, I think it's about £700,000. And I think that Mr. Lemsegram's going to, we don't know who's going to win, but if he does win, I think he'll take that £700,000 and then find a find a buyer for the club. Um 
I believe there's people been talking to him. There's been offers made of circa 1.5 million, 2 million. Um, we've had this maniac called Chris Lees, who's a cryptocurrency oh, man, nice. saying he was going to buy the club. And he went on the interview. We did our due diligence, and he was he was like a, a contestant on Come Down, Come Down with Me, and he was just like, oh my goodness me, and he, and he was. Um, he was part of the part. He was a Liberal Democrat in Bristol. Oh, it was, it was just like I think a lad called Andy Halliwell, who does the boundary pack alerts, just went went to town on him, and we've not heard or seen of him since. But it, it's just like these are the wackos that we're attracting to buy our club. It's just like I won't be surprised if Dole Edmonds and Mr. Bobby turned up next week trying to buy the club. It's just that because honestly, it's uh, it, it's just it's just really bad but yeah. in the summer we've got all our players out of contract barring two or three so if we haven't got a owner who's going to invest then we're going to still be under embargo if we're still in the um, football league um, it's just going to be the same old same old unless we um, unless there's, there's a contingency fund that the trust are trying to um, promote at the moment where we're trying to get fans to not buy a season ticket and actually invest in the contingency funds so we can get um, half a million, a million pounds to come to the table in a consortium sort of um, in a consortium sort of way uh, with local businesses. Um, but again, it's the longer this court case drags on, and the longer Mr. Lemsigan's in the um, in the ownership, it, it, it's not going to look promising unless we get a swift sale. Because did you see the Crawley sold their club in six weeks to? Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that cryptocurrency company who tried bidding for Bradford, you know, yeah. so it mm. can be done, and hopefully we can get a swift decision on this court case, which I think is going to be around June time. But the the positive thing is that as the trust, there are shareholders in the club, they can attend and listen to what's going on in that court case, uh, supposedly. Uh, but I think that just needs to be confirmed. Um, so yeah, watch this space on that one. But yeah, at the moment it's it's all about survival, and yeah. uh, I think everyone's just getting behind shares in the team just to make sure that we can stay up, because losing football league status um, is just unthinkable for someone like for someone like Alderman. I know it's the old cliche saying we're a big club, but we took we took a thousand to Stevenage, you know, fifteen hundred to Scunthorpe, and a lot of aware fans that I've come across, like even the Port Vale fans, some of them when we're walking out, they were saying, you're the best fans that we've seen for a long while. You know, you sing your hearts out, even if you're 2-1 down, 3-1 down, you, you are the best. I think we took 600 to Swindon, you know. it, it, it It's, yeah, we are a big club uh, and it'd be very, really sad. But I would, I, do, we, I would, do we deserve to be there from what we've done? I think the owners of owners' actions have been a uh, a catalyst for our position. Mm. Yeah. So on the pitch, you are fighting for your lives. It it seems like the one positive that you have got is players that are fighters. Phil um, Brown. Phil, <laughs> yeah, Phil Brown. Um, yeah. Phil Brown as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> two of those used to play for us. Chris Misselu. Want to start by talking about him in terms of players. He just didn't have a good time with us at all. He started off; he looked like he was going to be a he was going to be a fan favorite. He was diving into every tackle. We were, he was properly getting into you it. You loved him, didn't you? I did at the first couple of games. Yeah, <laughs> he drifted off. Um, 
did did uh, did Carl sign him? So oh, was no, someone he was training yeah. with us. Um, he was at Newport, and Sheridan signed him in January. Yeah. But he was training with us for a good three or four months with um, a player called Usman Farm. And I thought we were going to sign him as well. He was an ex Oldham player, but he went to Morecambe instead. But yeah, I, I like him. But the, it's um, it's consistency missile, isn't it? He's just yeah. so inconsistent sometimes. You know, he could be a world beater five minutes, and then he'll pass the ball to you know the other team for the next ten passes. Mm. But He's the best of. He's probably the best that we've got in the midfield. Like we missed him when he went on um, international duty with uh, with uh, Congo, um, and we got beaten to, to like in the, it was in that, that six match losing streak that we we're on, and then he came back against um, Leighton Orient, and he, he, he sort of blew us away again. So he he scored he scored a, a cracking goal against Port Vale uh, at weekend. He played really well, but he's. When the ball drops at the outside of the box for a, a, a midfielder following in, he needs to get in front of that ball, but he, he seems to shy away from it. And I don't know why, because he'll do a silly sliding tackle at the touchline when he's going up for a corner and he'll make this worldy tackle. But when it's at the edge of the box and a player's running about to run onto it, he sort of shies away from it. And I just can't understand it. it, it, it and it, it drives Sheridan mad. It, it, <laughs> he admits it. But I, I do like it. He, he is a good player. Um, and he is a fan favourite as well, mm. but he is inconsistent. Um, yeah. But hopefully he can turn that corner after his performance on Saturday. Yeah, another one of our ex-players, Nicky Adams, absolute hero for us over a couple of spells. What's he been like for you? He's a, he's 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 a far and away. Our, he's just he's crossing of the ball. He's, he must be one of the best crossers in the league. Is he, how he can get the ping and the, the whip and. The curl on that ball with both feet, he's he's so good. But again, he's played every minute, so he's getting tired and getting leggy. But he, he wants to stay on the pitch and he wants to um, he gives his all, and mm-hmm. he, everyone wants him. You know what I mean? He, he, I, I really, I, I really hope he can stay next season um, if we do stay up because he's such a good player. Yeah, and we've even adopted him in central midfield in a few games when we were getting overloaded, so we could just start spraying the ball about. Uh, we did that against Swindon, uh, and we did it against. He came inside against on Port Vale. He did it for Port Vale, um, and he did it for Stevenage as well. But again, he's just so dangerous with that set piece. He's such a good player. Mm. Um, I think if I'm putting together. A team in League Two to battle relegation. Nicky Adams is one of the first names that I want to sign. He just—he's got that character about him, and that he's just going to dig in, and you know he's going to give it. Like well, Curl loved him. Curl loved him, yeah. didn't he? Curl, yeah, absolutely. Them, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I really like him, and, he, and he's a nice guy off the field as well. He gives you the yeah. time of day to speak to you. Um, mm-hmm. But you can—you can see that in the game that when we get beat, you can see it kills him as well. So you can see that although he's played for all these different clubs like Berry and all this sort of stuff, he, you can still see the passions there for every place when he gives his 110%. Yeah. You know, as does Missile as well. I, I give him yeah. give Missile that he does fight for the team. Yeah. Um, but again, I wish they were all as consistent as Nicky Adams. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, anyone else we should be looking out for? Um, Junior Luamba. Um, our 18-year-old striker, he, he's just come back from a hamstring in- injury. Um, he's a handful. Uh, he, he played 
20 minutes against Stevenage because he just came back from his injury, came on and caused them all sorts of problems. He came on against Port Vale. He was on for about 80 minutes for Port Vale. And he was, uh, he's got so much pace. He's, he's, he's like turned from this boy into a man. He's just got wider and wider and taller and taller. And he's still only 18. He's such a good player. But he missed an absolute sitter. So he's a little bit rusty uh, against Port Vale. He should have buried it. But I think that just comes with age and a bit of experience. But you should definitely be on the lookout uh, for 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 Junior Lewamba. Uh Keeler, uh, Davis Keeler Dunn, he's a good mm-hmm. player. Uh, he scored, I think he scored 15 this season. Considering where we are, it's not a bad shout. Um, if we've got Jack Stops back as well, he's a nippy right winger. Again, he's a little bit inconsistent, but on his day, he... he when he, he can put them balls in so you can see that Nicky Adams has uh, really had a good effect on him. Oh, that's great stuff. So we'll, we'll come on to predictions in a minute. I wanted to get your overall thoughts first on the on the battle. It seems like it's one of yourself, Stephen, is your Barrow to get that last place. Scunthorpe are gone. <coughs> um, I was looking at fixtures the other day. Barrow seemed to have an awful run in. Yeah. Um, got Forest Green, Salford, Sutton, Exeter, Swindon, um, and then play us on the last day. So that yeah. might help them out a little bit. Um, a as five it stands, five will do if you can just yeah. batter and fight. <laughs> at home, are you? If you got them at home, uh, no, we're away. Yeah, yeah five will away. Just uh, yeah. if you, if you do do that, I'm going to grow a Phil Brown sash <laughs> and beard and get a fake tan. I'll tell you now. And, uh, <laughs> we'll hold you to that. Yeah, um, Daniel will buy a Chez Erection scarf. Yeah, yeah, well, yes. <laughs> Have you got one by the way? A Chez Erection scarf. Uh, I've got one on order. Nice. They stuff. are amazing. I love it. I, lo- <laughs> I, I don't know what I love stuff like that. You know, just something that fans just go ahead and 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 make and just get done. I think it's brilliant. I love it. Yeah, look, it's, that's the it's community great. of there's football. A, there's a lady uh, who does it called Samantha Curry. Who's, you know, she does some great stuff. Like she does the bobble hats and she does like all the retro kits with the bobble hats and they're really, really, really quirky. Uh, really good and you know it's, it's, I'm really glad, happy for it but those scarves are a, a nice touch so yeah definitely uh, get one of them yeah. So as it's thanks at the minute can you do it? Can you stay up to it? I think if Phil Brown wasn't in the Barrow job and it was still Mark Cooper I know it sounds really bad this but um, I, I hope he doesn't I hope he doesn't like send a Twitter message to me after or something like that but um, I think that the run that they've got is a little bit worse than ours. I'm quietly confident to get something against you guys. And we've got Salford at home, which is going to be absolutely massive. And then we've got Craw- we've got Crawley on the last day of the season, um, which they've got nothing to play for. So hopefully they'll, they'll be on the they'll be on the sunbeds. You know what I mean? Um, just chilling out, but. <laughs> I don't want an image of John Yems on a sunbed. Well, yeah, <laughs> he's got a red face, so I don't think he needs a sunbed, does he? Um, I think, I think we've got. We need about seven points, I'd say, to survive. Um, and I think Salford Crawley. You guys are hopefully the the outlet that we need, but Forest Green. Anything can happen there, really. You know, when they they'll be under pressure to get promoted because I think if they win the next game this weekend and then beat us, they get promoted regardless. So, well, I don't. Yeah. Well, I hope we're promotion spoilers. Uh, if I'm honest with you, party poopers. Um, 
on Monday. And Tranmere, I, I, I can't even predict what's going to happen at Tranmere, but away, we're going to take 1,700 fans. And it's just going to... I, 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 I'm, I'm debating whether I go, actually. Well, no, I'm going to go. I know I'm going to go, but I'm, <laughs> it's whether I'm going to be there in mind or just out of body because I don't like Prenton Park. I hate going there. It's a really bad away day. It's not a nice area. And they always seem to scrape a result. But then that's usually at our place. But when we've been to their place, every time I've been there, we have had a result. So I just, oh, God, it's even the thought of getting a result there, it's just, oh, that's, and if, but then the thought that they could send us down or something like that is even worse to think because oh, they're like our massive rivals, you know, like the Pat Nevin and John Aldridge days. They always used to score against us and always got the better of us, no matter what. When they used to have that, um, you know, when they had the kit with Wirral, yes, it, it's yeah, just yeah. like Pat Nevin always used to score. Everyone thought it'd be, it was a has been, and Aldridge every single time, no matter what, scored. And I just have visions of playing Tranmere, and I think of his John Aldridge like running away to the away and celebrating. It's just awful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's bring you more back up to present, then. Though. Yeah. Let's drag you away from that. Sorry, sorry, sir. I went into like, <laughs> went into like a shame sort of well worded you know, of uh, yeah despair. <laughs> we'll, we'll pick you back up um, yeah. with a very simple question that we like to ask all of our guests uh, that come on the preview show. Um. How are you at defending set pieces? We're relatively good because uh, Cal Pagiani is uh, is a rock at the back of ours. It, against Stevenage the other day, he cleared a header, then headed it again, and then ran up the pitch to head it again. So he did like three consecutive. I'll send you the clip. It's just absolutely fantastic. The rebounds header that he did. He's 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 so good, but we've. Unfortunately, we had an injury and we've brought in this young lad called Will Sutton uh, and he's been playing the last five or six games and he's done really well, but he's a bit prone to a bit of nerves. So on the whole, it it's usually fast attacking wide, wide teams that get the better of us, but set pieces, we are pretty good. Um, so, yeah. What about you guys? Are you any good at set pieces? Well, for, for that's where the majority of our goals have come from. So, which is why we asked the question, because we can't score from open play, but corners and free kicks are our bread and butter. But right. if you're good at defending them, then... then well, well, we're, not, we're not good because we're, set, we're third bottom, are we? We're not good, <laughs> but we, we are, we've got relatively better, I'd say, mm. under Sheridan, because he's adopted a man-to-man marking system rather than a zone. Um, watch this space for an attacker to walk into, sort of a curl system. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to be fair to Benachor, we, we didn't get that many set pieces uh, to concede against. Uh, it was more like wonder goals, really, and open play. So, yeah, on set pieces, I'd say we're pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, should, we, should we get to predictions, Charles? Have you got, yes, have you got the jingle? I predict a riot. <laughs> I predict a riot or a ball draw. I thought that yeah. one was appropriate after yeah, yeah, fair uh, enough. nil-nil with Bradford. So there you go. There we go. Thanks uh, to Dan Darwood for that, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for that jingle, Dan. Uh, marks out of 10, Dave, for the jingle. Yeah, I like that. Um, mm. It's good. It was very... Uh, was it the, is that the Kaiser Chiefs? It was, wasn't it? Um, it was. Mm. 
Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Dan, uh, Daniel Darwood. It wasn't the Kaiser Chiefs, but no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Ricky Wilson there for a minute. Um, yeah, I'll give that. I'll give that a seven and a half out of ten. Oh, solid, Ooh. solid seven. Solid seven. Um, and a half, and a half. I'll oh, get the half, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's get to predictions then, uh, Charles. Let's go with you first. Hold um, them away. You'll be there across from Warrington. I will. And, and the Uber. last, the last game that I got to at Boundary Park was that game on the last day of the season a few years ago where we ran out 5-2 winners and I wasn't expecting it at all that day um, and I'm not really expecting much on Friday either, however I'm going to go for a scrappy 1-0 Cobblers win <laughs> Scrap it Nice, nice Dave, it's you Now on our show, whenever I say a score <laughs> It never happens. So, uh, and we always Seven lose. Four. So, uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I think we're gonna sneak a two-one. Nice. Okay. Two-one. I think I'm gonna go one-all, Charles. I, uh, Is that just for some balance? No, I, th- I feel like <laughs> oh, Billy balance. I feel, like it's, uh, <laughs> I feel like it's gonna be. Um, it's gonna be difficult. Uh, Bradford gave us the whole pitch to play on. Oldham, I just get the feeling won't do that. On Saturday, no, Bradford were completely on the beach. I think Oldham are going to be in our faces. You've got the likes of Nicky Adams, Miss Lou are going to be all over us. And I think we find that kind of game quite difficult, I think, in general. Oh, do, do you? Because um, I saw you, but we started putting the pressure on in the second half against you. Your guys couldn't cope with it at all. Yeah, you don't yeah. like that scrappy um, sort of battle, do you? You sort of no, like I, to, to spray it about and then you're getting very frustrated. I think you had that lad up front. Um, he scored against his name escapes me. Uh, that tall. It was uh, a test. was at that point. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, really good player. And he, he took his finishes very well. But yeah, when he when he started getting in his face, he didn't like it. He was sort of kicking the floor and sort of showing the attitude a little bit. So. Yeah, he did that. Well, lot, you yeah. don't need to worry about him this anymore because Tottenham recalled him in. Uh, oh right, and he's playing at Cheltenham now. Oh right, uh, yeah. There you yeah. go. So you've you've got a whole different kettle of fish to worry about. Or not up front. Well, <laughs> I, always remember, I, remember, I always remember Forrester and Gabby Adini. Yes. Oh, what a partnership. Oh, now, beautiful. Utrecht's, Utrecht's <laughs> finest. Uh, yeah. Forrest, how you signed him, I will never know. And I've always I've always wanted to know how you signed him because he was my champ manager, uh, oh, goal team striker. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there we go. Thank you, Dave, for coming on. That was really great. Thank you. And we genuinely wish you all the best in terms of sorting things out in the summer. Hope you manage to stay up. Can I ask you a question, guys? Go on. Do you think... Oh, no, no, actually. Who would you prefer to go down? Barrow, (laughs) Stevenage or Oldham? Yeah, we we were having this discussion the other day, Charles, actually, weren't we? Yeah, we were. I mean, said unanimously uh, Barrow, Barrow, didn't we? Yeah, Yeah, we did say Barrow. I mean, uh, there's one of those things. So for... Because I live in the northwest, <laughs> Oldham is therefore a nice, easy game for me to get to. Right. So I wouldn't want to lose Oldham out of the division. Um, and then it, 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 there's a toss-up between Stevenage and Barrow. I have to admit that. However, well, especially with Steve Evans in charge. As especially well. with Steve Evans in charge. However, Barrow really are one of those teams that shouldn't be in the football league. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, have you been in the away end with that? Tarpaulin, it's just vile, isn't it? And some tiered steps, it's just it doesn't look great. Right, yeah. It yeah. doesn't look at all appetising, does it? I'll be, I'll be 
hating it every second on the last day of the season, I'm sure, while we're there battering them 5 I hope you. I hope you really do. Like a se- I hope they go down on goal difference, you know, something like <laughs> yeah. seven, you know, that's that last something minute. Agonizing. Uh, something agonising. I mean, really don't, please, agonizing. please don't rely on us for goal difference on the last day of the season. All <laughs> 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 the set pieces, yeah. We're never going to smash someone that much. But there's a definitely uh, affect Tan and Baird in it for you guys. I'll come and watch... Uh, yes, uh, yeah, we- Come to see you in the uh, at the old uh, Northampton, uh, Oldham Northampton away, and I'll uh, dress Phil Brown esque. <laughs> we've, we've got it on record now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Dave. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, it's uh, Boundary Park. It's Latix at OF at OAFC Fawning uh, and at Boundary Park Alert System, uh, and we're on live uh, this Thursday seven to eight um, on YouTube, and it's. Boundary Park Alert System forward slash Latix Football Forney. Um So, yeah, join us if you can. Uh, it'd be great to have you on, guys. Yeah, special guest this week, apparently. Yes, well. you are indeed. <laughs> so, as you listen to this uh, Thursday evening, come and join us on YouTube and make some inappropriate comments my way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, thank you, Dave. That was great. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Danny. Yeah, we'll be back, in, we'll be back you. with you next week as we look back on this one. And I think potentially Monday. Monday's game as well, Charles. Yes, hopefully so. We'll be back hopefully on Tuesday and we'll round up the whole weekend. Good stuff. We'll see you then. Thanks a lot. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.